0: Original content, content, compelling discussions, audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production.
1: The Issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The People. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingle, Taylor Moore, Jay Darden, Congressman Garrett Gray, Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark, Sharon Weston-Broom.
0: The Podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is The Clay Young Show.
1: All right, Neil, thank you, and welcome back to another edition of The Clay Young Show. Today is all about medical. It's a medical update. It's an update from the perspective of a medical doctor. Dr. Kurt Chastain will be with us to talk about where we are in this curve and what we could be doing. And here's a spoiler alert for you. He's going to say some things that are really going to make you sit up in your chair and take notice. He's also going to give perspective on what's happening in hospitals with doctors and nurses, because they are on the front lines dealing with this for all of us. And I think that's important that we recognize them. I mean, they are right in the middle of it. And so I think I speak for everyone who is not a medical person. When I say we appreciate everything you are all doing. And Dr. Chastain is going to talk about testing and talk about some of the innovations that could be coming our way in a relatively short order. I'm talking about results. You know how long you've heard that it can take over a week to get back the results of a test? Well, maybe there is a breakthrough coming. And then what about the symptoms? It's the the mystery of symptoms with COVID-19. Where people are walking around completely healthy and then the next thing you know, they're in an ER and they can't breathe. What about that? So I'm going to ask him to speak to that again and then talk more about this social distancing thing and ask him, Hey, if we reached a place where that's not as big of a deal or is it even more of a deal now than it was, say, seven days ago? So Dr. Kurt Chastain will talk with us about COVID-19. And at the end of the week, we're going to have another, another update on what's happening around the region. So there is a lot going on.
0: Podcast225.com. Hi, this is Mayor Sharon Weston-Broom inviting you to listen to the WeBR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com. That's www.podcast225.com. And by subscribing through the Apple Podcast app. That's WeBR Podcast promote your business or organization on podcast 225.com podcast 225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for louisiana listeners every month thousands hear the weekly clay young show every week clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people posting your company's logo on the podcast 225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on the clay young show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience get more information by calling 225-214-1550 that's 225-214-1550 this is the clay young show
1: so i know this one is going to be a good one back with Dr. Curtis Chastain talking about what's happening with COVID-19. He is with Lake Men's Health and, Doc, right now the public is very nervous about this virus. What's the latest right now?
2: Well, everybody should be nervous, Clay. Uh, It's, uh, this virus, you said it's been three weeks, it's been going on, it feels like it's been two months. Right. And everybody's getting really antsy and, uh, you know, we're expecting a surge next week, meaning, A lot of the people that were turning positive starting two weeks ago were starting to wind up showing up in the hospital now. In fact, I got the stats this morning. We are looking at a little over 100 admissions for people who have the respiratory symptoms. Of those people, 80 of them are positive, and we're waiting on the testing on the uh, the other groups of people. And of the people who tested positive, half of those people are on the ventilator which is not a good place to be. We've got capacity. We do. But it's getting, it's getting tight, man. So I, I think what I need to tell everybody out there is pay attention, stick with hand washing, stick with social isolation. Don't go around people because we need to protect my colleagues in the hospital and the hospital resources for people getting admitted to the hospital.
1: So what is the mood at the lake right now and among your colleagues about this?
2: You know, I, it's I, I can hear weariness in their voice. Whereas a, a week ago, you know, these these guys are literal warriors. I mean, these these guys this is all this is what they grew up to do. They love doing it, but at a certain point it gets weary, especially you know, if it just if you see no end in sight seemingly. So these are the most talented individuals, these physicians that you will you will find anywhere. I, I just I love them so much, and they're doing such a great job, and and they get up every day and they're going out at it. And but they are tired. They are tired. But but they're in it for the duration. There's no doubt about it. And you could not find more talented individuals than our, at Our Lady of the Lake.
1: You know, when you say stay home, and I think people are trying to comply with that right now, and as frustrating as it may be, but to reiterate, when you tell people to stay home, this is so that they may limit contact with other people, which may further along the spread of this virus.
2: Well, Clay, here's the deal. The virus doesn't play fair. You can look at somebody, they can look perfectly normal, healthy, no cough, nothing. They look great turn around two days later and find out that they tested positive or they got they had symptoms two days ago they were fine today they've got 100.7 fever and on their way to the hospital and you think oh my gosh i was just at a crawfish boil with them or i was just and it was an innocent crawfish boil. Or, we were just running together it was an innocent run together but now guess what you've been exposed you don't know what you don't know And I think people don't understand that. And they keep going around people thinking it's okay. And it's not. You're spreading the virus.
1: Are we, in your opinion, any closer to getting
2: a handle on treating this? Uh, Are we closer? Probably. Are we there yet? No. There's uh, several studies, as everybody has probably read, on medications that are being used. But these studies have not been vetted and have not been proven by the scientific community yet. That being said, we've got two studies that the results should be back mid-May-ish that will give us a better handle on whether there is true outpatient treatment for this virus. Think Tamiflu, for example, with with influenza. You know, Mm -hmm. as soon as you get sick with the flu, you prescribe Tamiflu for the sick person and for the contacts of the family members. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if we had a medication like that that has been scientifically proven, you know, to do just that, where if you find out someone has either been exposed to someone with the virus or has the virus, you've got a medication to put them on. We need to get there, and we should be there mid-May.
1: Mid-May. And, and let's talk about the testing. <clears throat> people hear about testing, but fortunately a number of people have not had to do it. But if people have, I hear, as I understand it, it is a very uncomfortable process to go through.
2: It's not that bad. I mean, nobody wants to have a Q-tip shoved up their nose. I get it. But it's, it's no, but none of my patients or anybody that's had it has, has said it's been anything other but than a little uncomfortable. But still today, because the resources are so scarce, we're not testing everybody. We're only recommending very uh, specific individuals would be eligible to be tested. Now, coming forward, hopefully within the next few weeks, we'll start to see some new testing coming out. You may have read an article from Abbott Labs, which is a big company. It's going to pre- uh, produce a, a test that has a turnaround time of about 15 minutes, which is way better than what we have right now. Right. And uh, if we can start testing and expanding the people that we can test, knowing who's got it and who does not have it, is going to be huge as far as, as far as knowing how to maneuver ourselves around people who may or may not have the virus. Just because you're negative doesn't mean you're truly negative, because there could be a period of time where you're negative by the test, but truly positive. And we think that's about a three-day window. But it's better than what we've got now, I tell you that. If we could just get that testing out into the community...
1: Well, and the, is, is it dormant or is it in, in the early stages, it's just not aggressive? Explain to me, because we hear this all the time. Someone may have it and symptoms may not be materialized outwardly, but they may have had it for some time. Talk through that for me.
2: Well, the virus gets in your system, but it has to amplify enough to where you get a critical mass of viral particles that will show up positive on the test. That's the bottom line. It has to grow enough in the body, and that takes a few days. On the antibody test, which is a blood test, it could take up to two or three days to build up an antibody response to the virus so that the antibodies in the bloodstream would show up. So whether you're talking about a sw- nasal swab or a blood test, it just takes a, few, it takes a couple of days before you can get enough of the material, either virus or antibody, to sh- so that it, the test becomes positive.
1: You mentioned the, uh, the Abbott article from a couple of days ago and the mon- molecular testing that, they, that they're hoping to have uh, usage of around the country that would shorten the amount of time that people get results. I mean, obviously, so much of this is new to the public and those of us who are outside of the mental field. And, and you're saying it's it, – how?
2: why is well, it – Well, I mean, imagine, imagine this. You drive up, you get a nasal swab, you go park your car – 15 minutes later you're told whether you're positive or negative if you're negative goody for you you're either truly negative or you you just haven't really turned positive yet but if you're positive think how many people see most people go get the nasal swab and have to wait three to seven days before they find out if they're positive or not how many people can you infect in that period of time a lot but if you found out in 15 minutes you're truly positive positive. You go home, and you quarantine yourself, and that's just that many fewer people that would then be exposed to you if you knew.
1: Wow. And that's the thing. You're around people you don't know you have it. You feel pretty normal, and all the while, you may be spreading it. So, you know, what what does someone do if they suspect that they have the, the, the COVID virus? And here's the thing. There is paranoia, and then there is reality. So let's talk about the two.
2: All right. So, if you think you've got the virus, I'll tell you right now, you probably do. That's the truth. And and this morning, this very morning, I got, uh, got a call from a patient. I've lost my smell. What do you think? I, you know what I think? You got the virus. I mean, that's it. And so, you say, but I don't feel bad. Well, there are a lot of people that don't feel bad, but just because you don't feel bad doesn't mean you don't have the virus. And the, why does that matter? Well, I feel good. Well, I mean, why can't I go? Because you're going to spread it to other people. So your first question is, what do you do if you think you have the virus? You need to quarantine yourself until you can get a good idea of what's going on. Unfortunately, today, you would not be a test candidate, a testable candidate, unless you had some other illness that that made us really worry about you. I'll tell you that, that 100% of the patients that I've had so far that have had the test have had a mild case. It hasn't been that big of a deal. I have partners, unfortunately, whose patients are up there at the hospital on the ventilator, too. The problem is you don't know who it's going to be. We used to think it's going to be older people and sicker people, but 50% of the 50% of the people that are on the ventilator at the lake right now are under the age of 60.
1: And the, uh, so, the, the most obvious or talked about symptoms are a cough, a fever, tiredness, and of course difficulty breathing. Are there any other symptoms that you can name that people may have been overlooking?
2: Well, we mentioned the loss of taste and smell. That's emerging as a real deal. Fever greater than 100.4, as as determined by an oral thermometer, not the back of your hand. A cough, uh, shortness of breath. By the time you're starting to get short of breath, now we're starting to get a little nervous. So if you've got fever and shortness of breath, you need to call your primary care physician. And at that point, we need to be carefully watching what's going on. Uh, the other th- you know the other wild card out there, Clay, is there's still flu in the environment. You know, flu in the community. So there's a uh, there's a slight chance these days that you could be positive for the flu, the true influenza, and not COVID. The only way to know is to get a flu swab. So when you go to Our Lady of the Lake, uh, the drive-up flu testing—I uh, mean, sorry—the COVID testing—they're going to test you for the flu and the COVID virus, just in case the outside chance you truly have the flu. In which case, we have we have treatment for that.
1: Well, and people who are moving around doing things that the government, the governor has deemed permissible, like going to the grocery store or going to the to the pharmacy, things like that. When you're in grocery stores, it's kind of <laughs> and, and those things can be petri dishes anyway. But what 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 are your thoughts on that kind of social mingling?
2: You know, we are social people. We like to mingle, we like to talk, and, oh, how's it going? What do you think about Or What do you think about that? The more time you're sitting in front of somebody, the more chance you are going to get it. And remember, that person may not even know they have it. My answer to that is get in the store, get your stuff, and get out. Don't dilly-dally around. because and, and, The longer you stay in that Petri dish, the more chances you are that you're going to bump into something or touch something. So have your, have your plan, get in, get your stuff, and get out.
1: So, as a medical doctor, if, if someone were to ask you about hygiene practices that go beyond just washing your hands or, or coughing into your, into your, ri- into your elbow or, or something like that, what other recommendations would you make?
2: Clay, that's about it. I mean, you can, you know, I think when there's washing your hands and then there's washing your hands. When you wash your hands, take the time, spend the 20 seconds. And wash frequently. I mean, I'm washing my hands probably five times an hour. You know, every time I think about it, I wash my hands. And, you know, obviously don't touch your face because that's how, by far and away, the majority of people are getting this, is they're touching, coming in contact, touching their hands, and then touching their face. So I think at this point, you know, if you, you, on a weighted average, if you want to go for the one big thing to avoid, uh, getting this—it's wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands every time you think about it. Um, you know, you know, wash your clothes and all those clean. You know, wipe down your counters and any high contact areas if you're at work, obviously. But that's that's being really, really embedded into uh, the cultures of many of these employers today, where they're wiping down their desktops and all that kind of stuff. So, but I think every time you think about it, wash your hands. So. you know there's one thing I want to say there's a lot of people there are some a lot of phone calls that we're getting because people say, "Look, I, fe- I bump into several I have fever or I have symptoms, and I don't have a primary care physician. What do I need to do?" And I think it's important to know that there are, are two numbers that can be called. One is for the state you've call two one one. They can assign you a number, uh, they can assign you a, a, a physician that can order testing if you need it. If you, if you want Our Lady Lake seven six five fifty five hundred, we will put you in touch with an Arley, the Lake physician so you can have a meaningful relationship and a an ongoing uh, partnership with a primary care physician who can order testing or anything that you might need,
1: 765-5500. So you, you started this by saying from the lake and others the big thing is stay home. And I want to circle back to that because yes. people look outside and they see this gorgeous... April weather now that we're in April, and they're thinking, wow, man, this is the perfect time to go out, be out, go for a run, get on a bike, whatever. And your response to people who, who are not ready, because, you know, normally, Doc, when you're in something like this, it, it, we're talking hurricanes or some other weather event that makes it easy to know you have to stay home. This is
2: different. Totally different. I mean, hurricanes, to talk about this, the first time you maybe in many cases even met your neighbor, and you spend, right. you know, time... You know, chainsawing a tree and yip-yapping about good things. This is not the time to do that. It's beautiful outside. By all means, go out and walk. Walk by yourself. Nod to people. Hey, how are you doing? Put some headphones on so that there's just not a tendency for to have conversation. There, even, there was even an article released this morning saying that maybe jogging is not that great of a deal because this stuff hangs around in the air so much. I don't know if I'd go that far. But I, And I do believe for our, our, our psychological selves, we do need to get outside and enjoy this beautiful day. And uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. Just don't, I, I'm just not a big fan of going in groups and packs. I just don't think that's a smart idea.
1: So we have also heard that we should expect a spike in cases and in deaths over the next uh, couple of weeks, and, and really actually next few weeks leading into May. And that was alarming for the public but some of the data says that this is a reflection of things that have uh, of things that have happened before not in the in the immediate present or immediate past
2: the, the whole time that's been the that has been what's going on everything that happens today is a reflection of what's been going on for the past 2 weeks the problem is once you get into it you're there you can't undo it so the time to prevent the surge the time to minimize the surge is today not 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 when the surge hits. By the time the surge hits and by the time everyone's starting to get sick, you're you're in it. And you can't go back. So I'm beseeching everybody. Heed the recommendations to socially isolate. Stay away from groups of people and crowds of people. Be a loner for right now. Be socially, hello, how are you doing? But stay away, please. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. And just don't take don't don't miss this don't miss this opportunity to not get sick you have to understand out there that you everybody looks okay and everybody feels okay but you have to pretend that everybody's got the virus you have to pretend in your mind that that person standing in front of you who you may have known for 20 years could possibly have the virus
1: I mean, it's it's really scary to think about. It, it, you're, obviously, you're right, but when you think about it the way you say it, it's pretty startling, and everyone is asking the same question. How, how, when do we get over this? When When is this going to be over, or when is this going to be better? Is there any hope or optimism you can lend to people as it relates to that question?
2: You know, by better, are you saying less people getting infected, less people dying. I would look at it as less people dying is what I'm, I, I'm wanting. And because I don't believe that people getting the virus is going to get any better anytime soon. In fact, it's probably going to get worse. But if we can cut down the number of deaths, then the mortality rate goes down. It's not, I think that's when we're moving the needle is when our mortality goes down. But the answer is when, you know, I think we won't know that probably until the 1st of June before we are on on the downhill slope. And that num- that date will go out farther if we don't get it together today. We've got to get it together today, socially isolate, prevent the disease. Secondly, we've got to test, 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 and then isolate those people that we find to be positive. And then hopefully a treatment arm will come out, within the next couple of weeks and we'll have a a possible treatment. And then finally, the, 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 uh, the, the end game is going to be vaccination. But we're looking at minimum 12 months, probably 18 months before we get a vaccination out there. So in my opinion, the way out of this is prevent, number one, test and isolate, number two, treat as soon as we can, number three, and then four, get a vaccine.
1: Well, look, we appreciate you being on with us, and and more importantly, everything you and every person in the medical profession is doing. You guys are on the first lines, just like law enforcement. And, man, I can't tell you, and you know how I feel about the work that you do, I can't tell you how much we as a a public appreciate what y'all are doing and putting yourselves through for the rest of us.
2: Well, I want to reiterate that we have physicians who are on standby, ready to help anybody. I know there are a lot of people out here that, that they don't know how to get help, they don't, have, they don't know who to call. Who do I turn to? You know, what do I need to do? Just like you ask. What, what if I have a question? Don't forget, we have a number at our Lady of the leg 765-5500. If you call that number, we will get you with a physician or a medical provider to go through your history with you and, and help you make decisions that you may need to make.
1: Dr. Curtis Chastain with Lake Men's Health. Doc, I appreciate it.
2: Clay, you're awesome. Thank you so much for the work you do,
0: too. The only interactive podcast in the capital city that lets you help solve a crime. There was a shooting.
2: Okay, is someone shot? Yes, yeah, someone is shot.
0: The Crime Stoppers Podcast with Clay Young.
2: Just some suspicious people running through the parking lot before.
0: Real stories.
2: It was my first love.
0: Real crimes. Real people. Real justice. <laughs> The Crime Stoppers Podcast with Clay Young, exclusively at podcast225.com. This is The Clay Young Show.
1: So, you heard it from the doc about staying home. If you don't have to be out, don't be out. Be careful about the distance between you and the other person, which is different for those of us down here in the South. We spend so much time around one another, but man, the numbers are dire, and there is so much information out there right now, and and people could practice some common sense, and I think it might help us or go a long way in dealing with the coronavirus, and there are so many news stories about people who just aren't doing that. I'm sure you've seen the stories about the people having a second line in New Orleans. Could you imagine a second line in New Orleans with all this going on, and then of course there is the the pastor of the church in Central, inside of East Baton Rouge Parish, who is still right now getting his congregation together. He's never stopped. I said on social media last week that I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause some trouble, and it is. And I'm just waiting on the next person or waiting on the first person to say, well, if he can get away with it, why can't I get away with it? Because you know that's coming. And none of it does anything to help us with this situation. It doesn't do anything to help us bring this curve down, as everybody's been talking about. And I hear people talking about constitutional rights and all of this. And it's like, come on, man, look, I get it. But let's let's just for a moment, take a step back from from the rhetoric and realize that people are indeed dying because they won't practice good hygiene and whatever. And I've got some skepticism about a great number of things. I can tell you that. But I'm not going to get into that right at this moment because this it's just not the time. Time and place. It's not the time. It's not the place. But I do think Dr. Chastain's thoughts about what we can be doing are valuable and people should listen. And, you know, I've known this guy a long time, and I can tell you, you heard his voice. You heard the way he sounded. You can hear the intensity in what he's saying about being safe. And I think it's important to listen to him. All right. Listen, we're going to do another show at the end of the week. Uh, We're expecting to get the mayor and the chief back in to give an update. And we'll try to get some others in as well. I don't want to say who before I get commitments. But talk about where we are at the end of this week and moving through another period in this post-COVID reality that we are now living in. You guys stay safe. Stay smart. And if at all possible, stay home right? And we'll catch you on the next episode of The Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Join us next week for another edition
1: of The Clay Young Show.